Well, good afternoon, everyone. Good to see everyone here today. So actually, I will be in the book of Galatians chapter 5 is where we'll start. Galatians chapter 5. For a moment, I thought maybe Rob was going to kind of go into the path that I had selected for this afternoon. But it's just interesting. Sunday school, morning service, kind of all helped to play into uh, the passage that I wanted to talk about today. So I'm very thankful for that and how the Lord works. You know, just kind of bringing things together. So in Galatians in chapter 5, it's actually verses 13 and 14. I know Rob started with one verse. I'm starting with two. Okay. <laughs> in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this time that we have to spend in your word today. We thank you for how you continue to give us the guidance we need and how you've laid out your word so clearly for us to be able to read, to understand, and to apply. We would ask now that as we continue this afternoon that you would continue to watch over us, give us the guidance we need, help us to really focus on what you say and how we can apply the scriptures to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So reading this, one of the first things that came to my mind is actually with the word liberty, given unto liberty. That idea that if you look up liberty, it's the idea of being set free, or free from a restraint or bondage to release or even to deliver from. And if we stop to think about in the context God has delivered us from the bondage, delivered us from hell, delivered us from our sin, our sin nature. And I stopped to think about that, and this, this verse, this passage, is just one passage that kind of mentions that word liberty. And if you go up to chapter 5 of verse 1, you know, again, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, wherein Christ has made us free. Just the beginning of that. Stop to think about it. Here, as Paul is writing to Galatians, one of the things that as we were to study through the book is that we find that there were young Christians that were struggling. They were struggling because there were false teachers that came in and tried to actually, in a sense, set another standard, another gospel other than salvation through Jesus Christ alone. One of the key things, especially in chapter 5, you'll read is about circumcision. They tried to add that as part of their salvation, as part of their faith. And Paul is trying to remind the people here, and I think sometimes we need to be reminded ourselves, that salvation, when we look back and when we first got saved, you know, all we needed to do was trust in Jesus Christ. It was like a repentance of our heart, that realization of what Christ did on the cross for us. Not only did he die, he shed his blood, innocent blood, but he rose again. And that's what salvation is all about. And we have here, hearing about people trying to teach something other than that, or trying to add to it. 
you know, when I first got saved, I was in the Air Force. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, when I first joined the Air Force, it was to have a job. You know, I was out of high school. I was looking to get a job. I wanted to have a job that maybe could help support me through college. And nothing seemed, nothing was there. Nothing was available. And I found myself, you know, one day uh, in Waterville, uh, in the mall, there was a recruiter's office for the Air Force. I walked in. And next thing I know, I signed up. And I know the Lord had his hand in it. Uh, so I signed up, and basically it was for a job. That's all it was, a job. And when I went into the service, basically a year from when I signed up, a year from when I started my, my training, I got saved. And thinking about that time frame, you know, you think sometimes being in the military, think about patriotism. You know, what's the purpose? You know, we have the branches of service. We're thinking about being patriotic, the idea of supporting our government, the United States. The United States, big thing, liberty, freedom, our freedom of speech, freedom of choice. We have the freedom, uh, they, as a government, are not allowed to dictate to us what comes out of this pulpit. We have the freedom to preach God's word. And when I got saved, I have to tell you that that's when I actually began to experience the patriotism, the idea of what liberty was all about, being set free. Because I found that I was set free from my own sins that had a way of keeping me tied down. That it seemed like no matter what I tried to do, it was not good enough. And that's because it wasn't. It's Jesus Christ was the one that set me free. That freedom. As Paul is talking about this here, and I know that the Lord was in on this with the idea of getting saved because, you know, Years later, here's a side point with that testimony. My recruiting officer that I had, years later, I found out was a born-again Christian. And when I signed up, he had, and he took photos of everybody that he recruited, and he prayed for them over the years. He was praying for my salvation long before I even knew about it. And years later, I got to find out. Because I still am in touch with him because he's not my insurance agent. <laughs> but just the idea that you know when the Lord works with these things, to see that there was somebody praying for me long before I knew about it. I was searching, and I will say with my testimony, my especially my senior year, I was searching for an answer. I knew the life that I was living, that this can't be it. I could remember walking the country road that I lived on. And I remember praying and saying, Lord, if you exist, please show me. All those steps of me not being able to find a job that led me into the Air Force, led me to a base where I met someone was able to share the scriptures with me one January night in Utica, New York.
I was set free. Here we find, as Paul is writing this passage, this book to Galatia, these people, in a sense, if we go back to chapter 1, when Paul is writing here, uh, this is one of the things he says, in verse, starting in verse 2, And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be unto you in peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us, set us free from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. But verse 6 says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. You see, one of the things that was happening, these people in the churches of Galatia, they were falling into false doctrine. And this is the beginning of Paul talking about the idea of circumcision. It doesn't matter. It's our faith in Jesus Christ. Don't add things unto your salvation because that takes away your liberty. You're falling right back into the bondage. You're falling right back into that sin, back into the law that was written, that people, so many people, especially... And if we go on further in chapter 1, you'll find that it was basically a number of the Jewish people that were trying to say, you need to be circumcised. They were coming into the churches and trying to still bring the law that they had learned all these years, thinking that is still part of the plan of salvation, or trying to get them to believe that it was part of the plan. And when we start adding things to say that we need this or we need that, we're taking away our liberties. We have to be careful. Because we, even though we've been saved 5, 10, 15, if we've been saved 20, 30 years, we can still fall into that trap. Because we can do that as a mature Christian, so to speak, or as a older Christian by trying to lay standards of certain things onto younger people. We have to be careful with that. What our responsibility is, is to teach younger people the word of God. What does God say? And have the Holy Spirit work in their lives so that they grow in their faith. Back on in chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith God, or Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He's given us a warning that we can become entangled in the things of this world, entangled in the bondage of sin. Again, he's trying to remind people, we've been set free. Don't fall back into that trap. Be careful, be alert, stand fast. That idea of being firm in our faith. How can we know that we are strong in our faith unless we're spending time in God's word? Hit upon this morning, unless we're spending time in fellowship with one another, talking about the scriptures, learning and growing together in what God has to say. Because, you know, when we 
stop that fellowship. We can also become entangled in this world and the things of this world. And I can say to me, this past year has been one of those battles because I know in my own work environment, there's been so many things placed on us in the healthcare system that added to our burden, our responsibilities, where there were longer hours of work, you know, because everybody, it was like a crisis. And we were in a crisis of dealing with health because of this epidemic. And I will say that what I saw myself doing is becoming so tired that sometimes it was a struggle just to come to church on Sunday because I was so wiped out emotionally from things at work. And if we don't watch ourselves, we can come wrapped up in the things of our own career, the emotions of it, uh, the demands of it, that we begin to kind of fall away from the teachings of the Word of God. That is just one area. We know, Paul is talking about circumcision here in chapter 5. We all know that's not a part of salvation. That's a given for us. You know? But there were churches that were br with brand new Christians. They were still trying to kind of get their feet on solid ground. So there were these false teachers coming in, taking advantage of it. And um, if we flip back to Corinthians just for a moment. Here's another area in Corinthians chapter 8 and in verse 9. It says, but take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to them that are weak. It's a warning, another warning. Take heed. We need to be careful with our liberty. Here in this context, it was the idea of eating meat offered unto idols. It was a sacrificial offering to idols. There were people that were doing that. They would do these meat offerings where they would sacrifice that animal unto their idol, unto their God. I say, quote, their God. And then they, the idea of eating the meat. And they were Christians that were still partaking as far as eating of the meat. What Paul was trying to say here in Corinthians is, you know, there is nothing, we're saved. So this idea that, you know, okay, here's some meat that's available that somebody offered up to, you know, you know the cow they offered up to their idol, you know, um, it's meat, it's still nourishment. We know what we believe. Paul goes, he didn't have an issue with the idea of eating it. He says the issue comes when we have to be careful that we're, because we're eating something that we maybe got it, that was offered to, you know, that when it was killed, it was killed for idol worship. But it's still perfectly good meat. It's been cooked, it's been preserved, it's okay to eat. But there are people that are struggling because of idol worship that maybe they were a part of in the past. So for them and their growth, they still looked at the idea of eat, if we ate that meat, in a sense, I'm still partaking in that worship of that idol. So Paul has given us a warning here that we have to be careful that even in our liberties, we know we've been set free. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. We're growing in our faith. 
we have to be careful that the things that we do or things that we participate in are not a stumbling block to somebody else who's a brand new Christian. We need to help them to grow in their faith. You know, and as we help them to grow in their faith, then we're helping them to have a better understanding and to be able to stand firm in God's word. So we have different levels of growth. And I think we still experience that today. As newborn babes come in, and we've seen people come in and get saved that, you know, they you know, walked right in off the street, so to speak, having a clue what going to church was all about. So think about that. For those of us that have been coming for years, when somebody comes in, the idea, I remember when I, first, when I first got saved and I went to church, I didn't realize there was more than one service. I was like, wow, we get to come back? That was my attitude. That was my mindset. It's like, I can come back? And uh, yeah, you can come back. Yes, I want to come back. I want to hear more. The first time I went to church, I thought that was it, and I was gone. And it wasn't until a couple of weeks later somebody told me, you know, we have more than one service. And, I'm going, and my first question was, well, don't you say the same thing in each service? No, I mean, it's a different message. Oh, okay. Wow, I want to come back. <laughs> we stop to think about, yeah, somebody brand new coming in for the first time. They may not even realize that we have a Sunday afternoon service or that we have a Wednesday night service. That's up to us, it's just basic training. Letting them know what's available. So that understanding, but also flip back over into First Peter. And in First Peter chapter two, I'll start reading in verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so, for so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and as not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, Fear God, honor the king. One of the things here is the idea that being careful that our liberty is not used in a tent of like evil, of the idea that we intend to do injury. Just because we may not like things without government, there are things we ought not to be doing to cause injury. Or because we don't like certain things, it, this is specific towards government, that we're to honor our government, pay respect. And I can tell you, and every one of you know, that there are some things that we do not agree with, with our government. I can tell you that, too, one of the things I look back, and as, a, you know, as an employee, there are things that, that being taught as being diversity training, something I think is truly wrong and doesn't belong in the government. But the intent is so that we will have tolerance for different <laughs> lifestyles. You know, it started off as the idea 
with basically race. And that I can agree with. There is no difference, no matter what your race is. We are all either a child of God or we're not a child of God. Doesn't matter the color of our skin. Doesn't matter the nationality. It started off fine with that, that we're all equal in that sense. Then they added lifestyles. I don't agree with that for the government because you're trying to tell me something. You're trying to force me to say that this lifestyle is acceptable when I know God says it's not. And those are things that we need to make sure that we balance in our own life. And that idea of knowing what the lifestyle, whether it's right or wrong, you know, what's scary is we go back over into Galatians again. And this is one of the things that kind of concerns me in Galatians. Make sure I get in Galatians chapter 2. Keep going over to 2 Corinthians. But in Galatians chapter 2. Uh, make sure I got. I lost my sticker note. It's the passage of scripture that talks about the idea of not that um, Paul, there were false teachers and they wanted to speak, but Paul wouldn't even give them the time of day. He wouldn't allow them to have public speaking because he knew that they were gonna present something false. And you know what's unfortunate today when I think about you know this idea that I talk about the idea of the diversity. Do you know that there are churches that are allowing people into this pulpit, into their pulpits, to teach false doctrine? They are falling along the same side as the world in many instances. We need to be careful. The problem, one of the problems that Galatia had in the city of Galatia, this church had, they allowed people to come in and stand and talk that were presenting untruths. Paul wouldn't even give them the time of day. This is where we need to stand firm in our own faith and our own convictions. We need to stand strong and not allow people in the pulpit that ought not to be here. We need to stop listening to what the world is trying to tell us and not allow it into a church. Too many churches are falling on the wayside. They're accepting that lifestyle. They're accepting different lifestyles, different walks. And because it's easy, it's convenient. It doesn't hold up to what God is telling us to do. God is telling us that we are to stand firm in our faith, the convictions that he has laid for us, his word. He tells us to be holy, for I am holy. And how can we be holy if we're accepting different lifestyles, if we're accepting different teachings to come in? We allow it, we have to be careful, because it's not only the idea that we have to be careful here in the church and who comes up here to make sure it's the word of God, 
And if it's not the word of God, we need to stand up and say, excuse me, you need to move yourself from this pulpit. And sit down. Because maybe you need to hear about salvation. Because we have issues here. But it's not only in the church. We have to be careful in the idea we allow it in our homes. Television is one of the biggest ways that it comes in. There are television shows, lifestyles. We'll talk about the lifestyles. Unfortunately, too, you know what's scary if you hear the world. June is what they celebrate as Pride Month. The gay, lesbian, homosexual lifestyle. Pride. Pride is something that God doesn't even want us to have to begin with, the idea of pride in ourselves. And this is a lifestyle that we are being forced to say, okay, this is acceptable. And if you don't, there's zero tolerance in the idea that you can't accept it. Well, what about the idea that I don't accept it because God says it's wrong? But churches are accepting it. There are churches that are saying it's okay as a lifestyle. You know, we need to stand firm. Part of our liberties are standing on what God's principles are all about. You know, because if we don't, we're going to fall right back into that bondage. God released us, and we need to live a life that is free from the sins that God has told us. Be careful that you don't fall prey to some of the things they're trying to tell us on television. Trying to be careful of the things our government is even saying that's acceptable now, where before it wasn't. And they come across a picture like these are people that live this lifestyle or live different lifestyles are victims. They're not victims. There are people that, they are people that need to get saved. That's the bottom line. It's not a hate. This is the other thing that you see too is there will be churches almost like a hate crime towards people that live this lifestyle. <laughs> you know, what God here in Galatians chapter 5 talks about the idea of loving your neighbor. In verses 14, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. doesn't say that your neighbor is saved or not, but we need to show the love of God for them. We need to show the love of God for one another. Talks about the idea, and Rob mentioned this, serve one another. One of the things that we can do this morning, serve one another. In love, we come across somebody that's living a lifestyle or somebody that is not glorifying God. We ought to be there to help them, to guide them. If they're not saved, to be able to present the gospel in a manner that they will be receptive to hear. Because, you know, we don't know who the next yeah, Billy Sunday could be. You know, and there's, you know, Judson, yeah. All of a sudden, I went blank with this first time. But that could be somebody who will be a great missionary. God's desire is for all 
to come to know him. He doesn't set aside any specific rules to say, you can witness to this person, but don't witness to this person. Part of that freedom that he has given us is the idea that we have been removed from that society, so to speak, of bondage. And part of our responsibility is loving one another, serving one another. That idea of love is active. That idea of showing some sort of action that we need to be able to reach out to those that are lost, whatever their lifestyle may be. And it's not just the lifestyle of the idea of that, the gay and lesbian lifestyle. But sometimes we look at people that may be lifestyle very rough, you know, the typical, the person with all the tattoos, the earrings here, the earrings here, you know, wherever they put earrings these days. And we kind of may be like, I don't think that person can get saved. <laughs> you don't know that. We don't know that. They may be living a rough, a very rough lifestyle. They don't know any different because maybe that's what they grew up in. I have to say that sometimes when I look, I just get amazed at my own salvation. I grew up with a family that our family, just the way we grew up, the different generations, every other word is a cuss word. And I have family that they'll have a conversation with you and you must, they must have cussed 15 times, just that brief conversation. And you're kind of like, <laughs> you know? But when you grow up in it, you don't even realize you're saying it. You don't even realize you're using those words as often as you do. And then when I got saved from it, I remember the guy that had led me to the Lord, he talked to, you know, when talking to me, he goes, you know, Rich, you have to stop swearing. I said, what do you mean? I don't swear. <laughs> Didn't even know I was doing it. And it made me stop to think. He goes, listen to the language, the words you're using. So I tried to put in other words, you know, and kind of try to sweeten the pot, so to speak. I'd use the word sugar, you know. And he goes, you're still angry. You're still, in a sense, cursing because it's anger that's coming up. I need to work on my patience, my long suffering. I'm still working on that. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to take a lifetime for that. I figured that out. But sometimes that the lifestyles are because of how we've grown up. We've had family that's not saved. I mean, and you grow up in a lifestyle where you're using cuss words all the time. It becomes norm. And you grow up with it. That's all you know. You don't even realize you're doing it. When you get saved, I had the... The Lord blessed me in a sense that when I got saved, I was actually not around my family, around my so-called friends at the time. But when I got saved, I was active duty. I was in a new place. I didn't know that many people that, that long, but it was somebody that led me to the Lord. And he took time, and he was new to the area, and he knew we needed to be in a church to have fellowship, to be face-to-face. -face. So part of that early growth for me was I went with him. 
to different churches. And I quickly learned some things, you know, in you know, the Baptist circles because it had a lot of Baptist convictions. And I was like, well, you know, I got saved and I'm like, okay, I got, he led me to the Lord. I wasn't going to church just yet. What difference does that make? What does it make, you know, for this church or that church? He goes, it's what comes from the pulpit. We need to make sure that we teach our young people, the young people in the Lord, that it come, whatever comes from the pulpit, they need to be aware to make sure it's truthful. How can we stand firm if we don't know what the truth is? We need to teach that. We also, as he taught me, we went from one church to another. But I found out in a couple of Baptist churches, you heard the term legalism. <laughs> and this, to me, takes away from the liberty. We have to be careful. Baptist circles are very much, can fall into this so much easily. Even though they say salvation is through the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's it. There are prerequisites in order to go to that church. How you dress. I went, the first church we went to, he goes, well, this is not going to work. I said, why? Because the sign on the door says women were not allowed unless they wore a long skirt or a dress. They could not wear slacks. You know? And I was like, I never even looked to see what the sign said. You know, and I was like, okay, you know, kind of because like, I was still young. But you know what that does? That takes away the freedom from that child to be able to grow. When you start setting standards before they've even been able to get into God's word really in love. Now, we have to teach what does God's word have to say. I said, don't set the standards for the world before they can come in. We'll use God's standards that as they come in and want to learn, and as they study along with us and we guide them, they will know what the standards are, what is appropriate, what should be appropriate for our wearing. And we've got to remember, we're in a society, we're in a world that when dressed, the dress code, there is no dress code. You know, there are, you know, we have a dress code for where I work now that we start, I started two years ago, never had to have one. But there were people that were coming in that you kind of went, wow, okay. Um, something needs to be done here because it was very inappropriate. That's another standard we have to be careful that we don't add because people will start taking that as a part of their salvation in how they dress. Same way with baptism. There are churches that teach you not to be baptized. You know, yes, you need to be baptized, but people are understanding it as part of my salvation. Part of my salvation is not only trusting God, but I need to get baptized in order to make it complete. Be careful with our liberties and what God is instructing us to do. That we don't become entangled ourselves get so wrapped up in it that we are actually trying to get other people to do the same thing. Paul wouldn't even give them the time of day when it talked about circumcision, when the Jews coming in. No, 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 no. You're not even getting up there to speak. I don't care. Because I know what you're trying to do. And you're already caused confusion 
And remember, God is not the author of confusion. We have a liberty because we were set free. We need to make sure we don't take advantage of that liberty and abuse it so that we become a stumbling block to others, so that we're a hindrance to others, whether it may be the food, like they were talking about in 1 Corinthians, the types of food that we're eating, whether it may be the idea that we're to pay tribute, so to speak, to our government. Yes, our government. Those are people, there are people that run the government, they're lost. They need to get saved. Our, we have neighbors that need salvation. We have family that needs salvation. And with the liberty God has given unto us, the freedoms that he gave to us, we can gain that knowledge so that we can reach those that need salvation. Don't let your liberty, your freedom, become a stumbling block to those that are around you. Don't let it limit the experience that we can have through Christ. With, think about that idea, the idea that if we get caught up with it and so entangled in some of the things of this world that we lose some of that liberty because we're so focused on some of the things from the world, we're not experiencing the joys that God has laid out for us. The opportunities to witness, the opportunity to see somebody get saved. And stop to think about the idea that and having the moments that we've had this past year, did we become so wrapped up in the idea of mask, no mask, so wrapped up in the idea of COVID, no COVID, don't talk to anybody, don't touch anybody, don't call anybody, that we lost that opportunity to witness to somebody because we kept ourselves so isolated. Yes, I know in healthcare, with the COVID, we were to take precautions, but we still had a responsibility to get the gospel out. We just had to make some adjustments in how we did it. There are people in other countries, we talk about the United States and having liberty and the freedoms. There are other countries that don't have that freedom to speak like we do. So when they get the gospel out, they have to come up with other opportunities and think about how they can get the gospel because in their country, it's illegal to preach the word of God, but they do it. Maybe that was a test for us for the things that are coming, that we need to be creative somehow in how we get the gospel out to those that are lost, that need to hear live in the liberties and the freedoms that God has given to us now. Bring the gospel to those that need it. Experience the joy of witnessing. Experience the joy of seeing somebody get saved. Somebody making a decision. And maybe somebody making a decision to come back to church because they got entangled in the things of the world. But we have the opportunity to help them so that God sets them free again.
from the things of the world and they can focus again on Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your guidance that you give to us. We thank you for the time that we can spend in your word. And Lord, we are so grateful that we have the fellowship that we have, the opportunities to be able to present the gospel, the opportunities to be able to see souls saved and to have growth with a young child, to have them to help to grow in their faith, to mature in their experience. And Lord, we would ask that you would help us, even for those of us that have been saved for 20, 30 plus years, help us, Lord, not to become stagnant in our faith and not to be entangled in the things of this world, but we can continue our own growth, our own path of maturity as well. By spending time in your word, having the time of fellowship, sharing the gospel with those that need to hear. We would ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.